0: I miss that our Akron Civic Theater in downtown doesn't have movie festivals like it used to. They used to pick a movie star like Betty Davis and then they would run double features all week long. And I would go and I would get a thing of popcorn, nice salty popcorn and a bag of chocolate. And, you know, you're coming into this beautiful, ornate building, right? And you sit in the chair, and there's the screen with the fancy uh, work all around it, and the organ that comes up out of the floor, and the stars and the clouds that would float by. And I would sit there and watch the movie, a couple things of salty popcorn, one thing of of sweet chocolate. A couple things of salty popcorn, sweet chocolate. And that whole building is, is just an amazing piece of architecture. It makes going to the movies grand. It gives the illusion that the movie is something very, very important. You were supposed to be awed by the theater before you were even awed by the movie. This is art and architecture working together marvelously. I was in downtown Cleveland a couple of times last week for various diocesan reasons. And it got me thinking about bank buildings, how grand they used to be. You know, with the steps going up to the front door and the huge pillars and the brass door when you went in. And there's one in particular in downtown Cleveland. I've lost track of what name it has right now. But I remember walking in one time, and it was so grand that I was thinking all it needed was a few statues and an altar. And it could have been a Catholic church. The impression they want to give is that this bank is important. It's permanent. We are established. You can trust us with your money. Your money will be safe here because we are as stable as the planet under your feet. That I can't remember the current name of that bank in Cleveland is part, I think, of Bank Architectural's downfall. Mergers, failures, name changes, locations changes. The bank that I grew up with, that I started uh, uh, an account with, with my uh, first communion money, has changed names and locations so many times, I can't even remember what they all were anymore. And maybe that's why banks have gone from being these huge architectural, almost temples, to money, to kiosks in a parking lot. It reminds me of those old photo mats. Remember you used to drive up to the photo mat, drop your film off, come back about three or four days later and pick it up. So what are, what are banks saying now? What are banks telling us right now? Look, convenient, quick, non-threatening. Architecture wants to tell us stuff. What does the architecture of St. Sebastian tell us? Well, first of all, you know St. Sebastian. You know he's a Praetorian guard, right, of the Roman Empire. And if you stand out on Mall Avenue and you look at this building, first you're just struck by the size of it. The soaring bell tower, the pillars, the steps coming up, right? It's there to make an impression. Uh, St. Sebastian's coat of arms up over the front door and the sign that very boldly says, This is the house of the Lord. And then you walk in the front doors and you come into here and one of the most immediate things you notice is there's just so much space. You know, we don't have a drop ceiling about down to here with uh, fluorescent lighting. No, it's just space and everything kind of facing, all the pews and everything kind of facing up this way. The windows have sort of a trick to them that come from the medieval period. If, if you notice further in back, the windows are a lot more blue. And by the time you get up into the sanctuary, they're almost all yellow. And that's because yellow allows more light through than the blue glass does. And that means more light up here, drawing your attention and your eyes up this way. Even the floor treatments are are interesting. They are of different uh, building materials. Down here, we have uh, your terrazzo floor rather plain. Nice, but rather plain. Then you come up to here, to the steps and the sanctuary, and all of a sudden you're in marble. And sometimes people say, you know, Father, you really should shine this marble up so it just gleams, but it wasn't meant to be that way. Even the architect would say, no, it's a little bit duller. It's better than that, but it's a little bit duller. And remember that this uh, uh, altar wouldn't have been here. By the time you get up here to the cream-colored. Uh, marble with the black under it, and it 's a little bit shinier than this marble and By the time you get up to this altar it 's shiny it is so shiny that when I genuflect before and at the end of the mass, I can see myself in that in that marble and finally, on top of that, we have a gold box, the tabernacle, sitting there. Everything about the construction of this building, the materials used are pointing right up there, and of course, we also have the mosaic. The mosaic. It's the As I've told you before, it's the Last Supper. And everything is in that mosaic. You have Jesus, you have the disciples, you have him with the chalice of salvation, which you don't have as the table. Because the table is the table that we celebrate Mass on. And the bread that's missing is the Eucharist that's in the tabernacle. Even the art is bringing you back into this space. And what is most important? What's at the center? What's at the height of our church building? It's almost as if this is a throne, and we are in the throne room. And sitting on that throne is what is most important to this community. Not just our community, but to our diocese. And it's not a golden box. It's not a thing. It's a person. Jesus Christ. At the center of our community is a person and a relationship. It is the same Jesus Christ, body and blood, soul and divinity that was on this earth 2,000 years ago. And all of this, all of this, it's not for a symbol. As Flannery O'Connor, the great Catholic writer once said, because if it's a symbol, to hell with it. It's not an idea. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. And today we celebrate the knowledge that we have Jesus among us, that Jesus is still substantially and most privileged uh, presence among us in the Eucharist. Today is the Feast of Corpus Christi. And at the end of the Mass today, we're going to have a procession out the front doors and just to the end of the block at which there will be a very short benediction. We invite you all to please Follow the blessed sacrament as we walk out the door and for the benediction and down to the end of the block. And then we will go from the bread of life. There'll be donuts, the bread of donuts right behind it. So join us. We have been incredibly blessed. Here we are at the wedding feast of the Lamb. We will receive him, bring him into ourselves, and be as close to him as we can possibly be in this life. The closest thing to heaven on earth. And am I blessed to be a priest and to be at the center of all that? All of this is an awesome invitation, almost too awesome and spectacular to be true. But it is. And so we are to do our best to be worthy of the gift and throw ourselves into this Mass.